What's up, and welcome to the Crude Oil Podcast, a weekly uncensored Edmonton Oilers podcast with your hosts, Sean and Greg. Well, we got it. The Battle of Alberta, first time since 1991. It's 91, right? Yeah, I think it's 91. I don't want to age myself, but it's before I was born. It's before I was born. so uh, It's close, though. Yeah, we're, exactly. We're not children. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm I'm kind of nervous about this series. I, I I really wanted to rehash that uh, that Dallas um, rivalry that we had, but I, I'll take the Flames. I mean, I think everybody wanted to see this, but then you were like, I talked about in our last podcast. I was on the fence about whether or not I wanted to even think about cheering for Calgary to make it this far in the first place. Yeah. And I still feel wrong for even saying that I felt that way. (laughs) Well, we'll start. uh, We figured, why wait another week? Let's just get a new podcast in um, before the series starts on Wednesday. So we're recording here on the eve of uh, game one before we head down to to Calgary. But before we get into this... uh, I just want to uh, uh, first out. We'll we'll do some plugs here first before we, we get too too far. Yeah, we'll jump right into the first one, which is just our mailbag that we've started. So you can DM us on Twitter. You can comment on our YouTube video. Any way you can reach out to us. You could even send us an email if you really want. Um, if you do that, you can ask us questions, get your take out there. We can discuss whatever you want, anything like that. We're just trying to generate as much conversation as possible. Yeah. Um, and then you can also follow or subscribe to us on Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is on those platforms <laughs> that you can do. And uh, yeah, wherever you listen to us, just give us a follow and let us know how you feel about things. Great. I uh, I wanted to jump in and just, I know we've got a lot of new followers on our, on our Twitter account. Yeah, thank um, you everybody who has followed us. Yeah, whoever's idea was to start the follow train... Uh, we've got a lot of new friends uh, following us, and we're following a lot of uh, uh, diehard Oilers fans. So uh, it, it's we're, we're very grateful for the um, the new listeners and participants. Hopefully, don't be shy. Um, give us your thoughts. Um, but yeah, let's let's dive into Calgary. Um, Sean, do we want to just take a quick look at Calgary's series against Dallas and kind of give some thoughts to? how things went there. Well, I think the big things from that series were Jake Ottinger. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. he played godlike. Yeah. Um was probably the only reason that went to 7 because I don't really think anybody else on Dallas was doing too much. There's a reason why Cal- Calgary was able to win their series by only scoring 15 goals in 7 games, which is absurd. I'm pretty sure Edmonton had 15 goals in 2 games. It was um, yeah, it was pathetic the amount of uh offense in the first two games what was there like four goals between the two teams in the first two games or something well, like yeah, that? yeah it was one nothing like, in one game and then two one in the game two yeah it's, it's just ridiculous yeah i i think you nailed it there i think also when you look at calgary and we'll, we'll get into this i think calgary overplayed um during the regular regular season like i think every team like when water finds its level um I think Calgary's starting to settle into the team that they are. Uh, I think you saw it in the Dallas series. I thought they overplayed during the regular season, and I think this is this is Calgary. 
Um, so you mean they overachieved in the regular season? Like yes. Like they're not yeah. as good as their record may suggest? That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, yeah. I would I would agree mostly just from looking at how many loser points they got. Yeah. Um, wasn't a huge fan of that, but what can you do, I guess. But at the same time, I personally think they're kind of a one-line team too. They talk about Edmonton being the one-line team, but I kind of feel that way about uh, about Calgary. Just with Goudreau, Lindholm, and Kachuk on the same line. Like, that's all of their goal scores. That's, like, 300 points between the three of them, essentially. Yeah. I I mean, they do have one of the most dominant shutdown fourth lines, too, when you look at Lucic, Lewis, and Stone. Well, I I don't know. There, there's a lot to get into. I, I know I'm jumping all over the place. But, yeah, I just I think Calgary's starting to settle into the performance that um, – we should be seeing from their team. And I think the Oilers are, are ripe for the picking right now because uh, if there's a time that we wanted them to uh, to play the Calgary Flames, I think now is a good, uh, as good a time as any. Well, I think the confidence is high. Obviously, the dry saddle injury still sucks because I don't think he can play to the level that he can at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think, especially with their goaltending really clicking, which is something that they lacked most of the year besides like the last two, three months of the season. Uh, are we in Edmonton? Yes. So, ah, I, was yeah. like, I thought we were talking about Calgary. <laughs> no, no, no. We're talking about how Edmonton's been clicking. And ah. I think they've gotten hot at the right time. Like they had a really good start to the year, had that really shitty part, and then have slowly gotten better and better and better and better. There was some struggles against LA, which I'm sure everybody's well aware of. Yeah. But I think that in those last two games especially, they really proved the team that they can be which is a team led by McDavid. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Um, so we we meet Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and then I'm assuming again on uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, the start uh, times are all over the place. Too. I know. There's no consistency. It's, 8.30 is, start on Friday? Are you yeah, shitting me? 7.30 tomorrow, 8.30 on Friday, 6 o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. So it's like, I want just some consistency. Like, I don't really care that it's late starts anymore, but now I don't know when the game... It's going to be like 8 o'clock and be like, oh, shit, the game started at 6 or something like that. So at 8.30 start on a Friday, is Shauna take a nap before the game or pound a bunch of beers before the game kind of guy? Oh, many, many, many beers. Ah, yeah. I'm going to finish work, go to the cabin, start drinking immediately. (laughs) See, I'm going to have a nap. I'm I'm just not a nap guy. Can't do it. That's fair. I'll be too hyped anyways to be able to sleep. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, so just taking a look at Calgary's lineup, we'll, we'll get into Edmonton because uh, I know there's a bunch of changes that you wanted to talk about. Uh, well, not necessarily changes, but just uh, a slew of players coming up from California. Um, but uh, before we get into the Oilers, just take a look at Calgary's lineup and how they, uh, they shake out. Uh, you mentioned just the one line. Uh, Gaudreau, Lindholm, Kachuk kind of runs their show for lack of a better term well for sure like for one it's their top line for like number two they're all three on the first power play unit number three i'm pretty sure lindholm's on the first penalty kill unit so that line's playing in all situations all the time they had they were plus 60 or something all three of them in the regular season which is absurd so the regular season scoring has been off the charts but with that being said in the playoffs i checked and they're combined minus five so far so they haven't really been able to pop off at even strength like they did in the regular season but i don't know i'm concerned about that line because goudreau everybody knows what he brings well i mean kachuk everybody knows what he brings and then lindholm though he's kind of that wild card 
where this year he really came into his own. Like, hell, he just got nominated for the Selkie Trophy. So clearly his defense is underrated because I didn't think he was that good defensively. I mean, it depends on what you're going to get from Johnny Hockey because Johnny Goudreau's a no-show in the playoffs most of the years. I mean, you're not wrong. What does he have, eight points? It just, he disappears. This year he has done better. He's scored, like, what, 55% of his team's points? <laughs> I'll give him that. I'll, I'll definitely give him that. But, like, another person going back to the the Dallas series that wasn't even there until game seven was Matt Kachuk like he was absolutely invisible yeah he didn't really do too much I still I think I talked about in one of our other podcasts where the Ben kept asking him to fight and he just refused over and over and over again yeah which I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that in this series (laughs) Um, but we'll get into that later yeah Uh, but that brings us into their second line which is Mangiapani Backlund and Coleman. What do Meh. you think of that? Meh. Meh? M- Manjapani was white hot to start the season off. True. Um, he was like almost tied for the lead in goals, wasn't he? Yeah, point? he was white hot. I But he, I'm not really worried about it, especially if you're comparing line to line against what Edmonton has uh, with, with Hyman, Dreisaitl, and Yamamoto together. If that's the way it's going to stay, who knows? Um, I mean, looking at that line, to me, it feels more like a great third line on, like, a cup contender. But they're only, like, a decent second line. Like, they'd be a good, like, 2B kind of thing. But if I'm a betting man, I'm I'm willing to say this is going to be the line that's tasked with uh, shutting out McDavid. I would, well, I want to say that, but, like, Lindholm has been good defensively, too. And Backlund's good defensively, too. They have two good centers mm. at shutting people down. So it'll be interesting to see. But the only thing with that line is they're kind of like a jack-of-all-trades line with Mangiapane's able to fly out there, Backlund's good defensively, and then Coleman's a little Energizer Bunny kind of Hyman-type player. Mm. Maybe a little bit more physical, but yeah, I'll be interested to see how Edmonton handles what they can bring because they bring all different dimensions of the game. Yeah, and just looking at their third and fourth line, Dubé, Yarncrook, Toffoli, another, basically another... Uh, representation of their second line but um those bottom six don't scare me at all <laughs> no like the dubay yarn croak to fully line like i don't know a whole bunch about dubay or yarn croak for that matter the only thing i always remember him is he signed like an absurd like six year 12 million dollar contract so two million a year back in 2016 with nashville and i was like how is a depth guy signing a six-year contract that it just seemed absurd to me at the time but that's neither here nor there anymore and then Dubé is a whatever player, I guess. He didn't score any points in the playoffs so far in seven games. And then there's uh, Toffoli, who I think everybody knows what he brings. He can score goals, and outside of that, he doesn't do too much. Overall, that line's pretty small. They're all six foot or smaller and all under 200 pounds. So I think Edmonton needs to find a way to take advantage of that, especially on the forecheck when that line's out there. Yeah, uh, I guess when it comes to pushing bodies around that fourth line is what... Uh is what um, is going to do it. <laughs> well, I'm not was... afraid of them, like this fourth line. Uh, I'm not afraid of them offensively, but I'm just afraid they're going to hurt somebody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I know just a couple minutes ago I mentioned Michael Stone, but he was on defense in Game 7 now that uh, you think of it. So um, so the uh, line was Lucci to Lewis and Richie. Right. Right, right. So that's their checking line. Their only purpose is to get the puck in deep and hit the ever-living shit out of you. Um, like, 
they don't have any foot speed. So I think the way Edmonton could take advantage of them is when they come in, if they can't create a turnover when they dump that puck in, if Edmonton can go the other way, those guys just don't have the speed to keep up. Yeah. Like, we've all seen Lucic skate. His acceleration is, like, next to nothing. He Actually, I noticed he can actually go pretty fast once he gets building, but it takes forever. It's like watching a train start. Yeah. It just goes, like, chugga, 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 yeah. chugga, chugga. Uh, to think he played with McDavid on a line. My God. Uh, Hannafin, Anderson, Shillington, Stone, uh, Zadorov, Goodbranson. The only two that really scare me, and the only reason that they kind of scare me, is Zadorov and Goodbranson. That's going to be another push around uh, well, pair. They're going to just punish Edmonton like physically. Mm. Zadorov six foot six, two thirty five, and Goodbranson six foot five, two twenty two. Yeah. So like that's absurd. They're going to have such a hard time pushing them around. Like, I think they're going to be taking the vast majority of the defensive zone starts. And then Hannafin and Anderson will be the offensive zone starts. I think. I think honestly, you're going to see Shillington out a lot, like paired against McDavid. I think that entirely depends on if Tanev's back, which he was practicing today. But he can't keep up with McDavid. Shillington's by far the best skater on that defensive court. No, he is the best skater. I don't disagree yeah. with that. But, like, Stone is a significantly worse defenseman oh, than Tanev. Oh, I see what you're and saying. And I think Stone would be an anchor on that pair if they were to play against the McDavid pairing on a regular basis. Or, sorry, the group on a regular basis. Yeah. It was, speaking of Shillington, he went in hard to the boards in Game 7. I wonder if he's back for, for Game 1. But... I haven't been able to find anything. Yeah. I'm my, If I were to assume, it might end up being something similar to, like, a dry sidle type injury where he just plays through it. Mm-hmm. Where it might be bad, but it's a playoff, so who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah. Do we want to get into Edmonton, or are we just going to kind of... I know we just talked about it a couple days ago. Well, we still never talked about uh, their goalies. Oh, Calgary's. With everyone's favorite goalie, Jacob Markstrom, Mr. I don't want to sign an Edmonton for some reason. Does does that honestly bother you? I know a lot of people it does. Right now it doesn't bother me, because Mike Smith is playing really well. But it did bother me in, like, the midseason when they really needed a goalie. <laughs> I'm like, wouldn't it be nice if we had, like, this all-star goalie to play for us? As soon as the news broke, like, my attitude was like, well, fuck this guy. Well, it's like when Christopher Steeg came to us on a PTO and then went inside in Calgary. It just pissed me off. Yeah, I I don't have a lot of good words if he for went Christopher to, Stieg. If he went to any other team, I'd be like, eh, whatever. Like, it is what it is. But it just has to be Calgary, really. It's like, you like Alberta that much? Yeah. I don't want to go down the Versteeg line too, too far. <laughs> but, like, honestly, I think Edmonton could beat Markstrom. Like, he was really good in the first round, yes. He had, like, a 1.53 goals against and a 943 save percentage. Those are great stats. Mm. But it was against the Dallas Stars offense, which are probably the most one-trick pony offense in the league under their, like, top line of Robertson, Hints, and... Uh, Pavelski and outside of that they don't have anything well and you look at the the biggest difference is when you look at round one um, I know in terms of the 16 playoff teams the Oilers were fourth in terms of shot attempts per 60 and Dallas was next to the bottom so yeah and then I've been watching a few people talk about this series right almost everybody's like oh yeah Calgary clear cut Markstrom is the best goalie like clear advantage to uh to Calgary 
But personally, I don't really agree with that. I think it's kind of a wash in net. Based off of historically speaking, Smith has had great stats in the playoffs, and he's been great this year. Their save percentage difference is by .005. That's like maybe five saves. Yeah. Plus, he's Smith has faced like 70 more shots or something like that than Markstrom has. So, I don't know. I think it's a wash in, like in, uh, in goal. Yeah, I, I mean, it depends what kind of... Uh, I. I... I still feel like you have to say it. Like, it depends what kind of Mike Smith you're going to get. But I, I think you've got enough of a sample size over his career um, that, like, he's a consistent goaltender. Isn't his, like, playoff save percentage, like, 923? It's like, higher than that, I think. Yeah, it's... I think it's, like, a 935 or something like that. He's been outstanding. He, he just has another level in playoffs. So I, I would agree that uh, it's kind of a wash... Um, I would rather, honestly, have a Jacob Markstrom coming into this series than Mike Smith. Well, I would agree with that, just based off of pure like consistency throughout the year. Like, mm. like you said, I think Mike Smith will put up a great performance eight out of ten games, mm. but two of those games will be absolute stinkers. Meanwhile, with Markstrom, it might be nine and one or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So transitioning to the Oilers, the I don't know if I want to get into the lineups, but I. I mean, it's going to change too by by tomorrow because half the half the team didn't practice today. Oh yeah, those um, practice lines don't mean exactly. Um, the injuries, though, I think is something that uh, I do want to dive into because there's there's one apparent injury in Drysital, but there's I don't know if Nurse is 100 percent either. I mean, no one is. It's playoffs. I think everybody's been questioning the Nurse thing since before the playoffs even started, though, because he did miss those last few games of the year. Yeah. You, you got to wonder how much uh, some of those players are battling through. But looking at Dreisaitl, here's here's a question I'll pose to you. If it's a significant high ankle sprain, which are a bitch to get rid of, um, do you spend a second about thinking maybe do you sit him for game one? I think if he's going to play at all in the playoffs, to just play him. I don't think an extra two days on a high ankle sprain is going to make a difference at this point. So either he sits for the rest of the playoffs or he plays through it, and there's no in between. Yeah, it's not. It's not like it's gonna. It's not like a, a flu or a cold where it's gonna go away in a couple days. Well, exactly, and I don't know. Like I'm also, I want to make. They need to make a run this year. Yeah. So like in the back of my mind, though, I'm like I kind of want to sit him. Because the last thing, mm-hmm. like, knock on every bit of wood I can find, we don't want another, like, Clefbaum-esque situation where his injury is so bad that he has to retire or something like that. Like, obviously, I don't yeah. think it's going to get that bad. Right. And like I said, knock on wood, I don't want to be a jinx or anything like that. So if it meant that Dreisaitl plays the rest of the playoffs, but he misses the start of next season, what... Uh, oh, I'm okay with you... that. Yeah, okay. I was, yeah. was going to say he has to play the playoffs. If it's a matter of the start of next season... I, I don't give a shit. I mean, he's kind of the guy who he's going to play anyway. Like that That's one player on this team I would not love to tell him that uh, he's no, not in the line. I don't want those dead German eyes staring at me <laughs> saying, like, I'm playing. There's nothing you can do about it. Oh, yeah. Um, well, <sighs> speaking of the lines, though, there were the Black Aces that were called up. Yes. So the Black Aces of Stuart Skinner... Philip Broberg, Marcus Niemelainen, Dmitry Samarukov, Dylan Holloway, Seth Griffith, and Brad Malone. Mm-hmm. All seven were called up. 
Do you think any of them will see game time? Uh, so I've got some thoughts about this. And, and from what I, I read from Rashog, I think it was Rashog, um, that the list is going to uh, increase too. Oh, of course. Yeah. Is, like, I'm is guessing there... the Condors got eliminated from the playoffs, and that's why these guys got called up. Right yeah, now. they got beat up by the, the Flames Farm team, ironically enough. Uh, gross. <laughs> don't love gross. that, hey? Um, I don't know if there's a limit to the Black Aces. Um, I don't believe so. I think you can call everybody up. Yeah. I So, it, just back to your question, the only one that I, I want to see is uh, uh, Dylan Holloway, obviously, but I don't think it's fair to put a kid in a situation like that. Um, the, the one player who I think is most likely to join the team that I think would be a great asset just de- because of the like physical demand of what the flames are going to bring. I think you got to see Nima Linen in the lineup. I wholeheartedly agree that I would love to see Nima Linen in the lineup. Yeah. Though I don't know how he would handle like the playoffs in general. Mm. I'm afraid that he might be that guy who just takes stupid penalty after stupid penalty because he can't control himself. But that's part of the positive of running seven defensemen. But those reverse hits just going into the corner. Oh, man, that would just... Oh, I'd love to see that. He might be required in this series, honestly. So I would not be surprised if, say, game three or something, they decide to put Nima Linen in instead of, uh, like, Chris Russell or something like that. Yeah. Well, and again, back to Nurse, if he's banged up and can't play or... Well, even um... Barry could sit, like... <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't. He I just don't scored want... like the biggest goal of the playoffs. I'm not gonna shit talk Barry, <laughs> but his size might be a problem in a series against a physical ass team like Calgary. Yeah, that's all I'm trying to say. No, that's fair. Here I am. Uh... The same could be said for Chris Russell too. Yeah, here I am pumping Barry's tires a week after just slewing him. Yeah, I was like, didn't you just shit oh. on him like two weeks ago? Yeah, and now you're defending him. <laughs> yeah. Um... So just moving into the keys to this series uh, for success, what what do you think Calgary is going to have to do to uh, um, eliminate the Oilers? Physicality. They have to embrace the role and play like wrecking balls. Mm-hmm. like Similar to how Edmonton played against LA, that's what I expect from Calgary, to just come flying out and be throwing hits left and right. And yeah. they're going to like batten down the hatches hard defensively. We're going to see like pure Daryl Sutter hockey. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if one or two of these games are like 5-4 or more at one mm. point. But I think most of the time they're going to be like 3-2 games. Yeah, I I think you you might see some low-scoring games. I think the biggest key to Calgary, the biggest thing that they can do is actually something that they, they shouldn't do uh, is just staying out of the penalty box because I just... The Oilers' special teams are lethal, um, especially I mean, that power play. But I, I just think that's the biggest advantage that the Oilers have. I want to say Calgary had a really good penalty kill because they had like a 92% in the playoffs so far. But like I said, Dallas it's like the anemic shit, Dallas though. offense. Yeah. So that, I don't think that's really saying too much. Yeah. Again, back to water finding its level. What is the actual um, uh, talent there? I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I still like to look back at the start of the year and say that there's, there is a reason why almost every pundit out there didn't even have Calgary making the playoffs this year. Interesting. So, so I think that they are overachieving 
It was supposed to be some combination of Vegas, Edmonton, and uh, Vancouver, I think, for the most part. So, like, and I think Vancouver underachieved and Calgary overachieved. Mm. Because I think Edmonton would have won the division if it wasn't for that shitty couple months they played. Where the team just disappeared completely. But yeah, ultimately, I think that they're going to fall back to the team that everybody thought they were going to be. Yeah, I... I said almost the exact same thing earlier, so uh, we're on the same page there. Uh, with Edmonton, what do you think they need to do uh, to beat the Flames? Well, first of all, they need to find a way to not let them get in their heads, especially Kachuk. My biggest concern, just like imagining it right now, is Kachuk and Kane. I think Kane, I guarantee at least once the series, he's going to lose his shit and take a stupid penalty on Kachuk. <laughs> I can see it now. I I can foresee that as well. <laughs> but with that being said, Kane might do the same to other players on the team. So yeah. The one thing I do want to see, though, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Goudreau, Yamamoto, fight. Who says no? Goudreau and Yamamoto. That's probably the most even fight you're gonna get. It's like the yeah. Nuge Monahan fight. Yeah, I. It'd be interesting to see. I guess. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Some featherweights going at it. <laughs> Uh, I think, yeah, I think Edmonton just needs to show up. Uh, I think Calgary's got such an ability to lock games down. Um, and Well, we need to come out and play well in the start, because if we fall behind, that's where we're going to get fucked. I, just going back and watching Calgary's games, any one nothing lead that Dallas had through that whole series, I knew wasn't safe. And Dallas kind of sat back and played defensive hockey, and... Calgary took it to them. Like, they're a scary team when they get momentum going. And I, I think the Oilers, yeah, they need to show up on time, but they also need to kind of play the way they did in the third period against uh, the Kings in Game 7. It's just kind of keep that foot still on the gas pedal a little bit. So, so when they're in the lead, really press. Don't sit on your heels and let Calgary take it to them. Yeah. Well, there's a reason Calgary had 53 shots in Game 7 in uh by the end of the third period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting. My my worst fear is like just the Oilers getting blown out in four games. So if, if don't they Don't can... even talk about Why? it. Don't Why? talk about them getting you gotta blown out You got to bring things up. You got to talk about things. I... You know, I was feeling pretty negative before I was having this conversation with somebody where I was like, I want there to be a battle of Alberta, but I'm afraid of there being that in yeah. case we lose. Yeah. But then they convinced me, they're like, but what if you win? Exactly. Imagine if you win. And that made me want it that much more. But you can't tell me that every Flames fan isn't sitting there in the back of their minds is like, what fucking happens if we get pumped four straight games by the Oilers? I'm really hoping that's going through all their players' (laughs) minds, that's for sure. Yeah. Markstrom sitting there and be like, oh my god, I'm going to get McDavid. Yeah. He's going to fuck me up. See, and if it was any other team, like I think that's the only reason that it comes into my mind with Calgary is because it's Calgary. But, well, you'll never hear the end of it from your neighbor, that's it, why. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I saw them trying to poach the city of Red Deer on Twitter. Like, you're trying to get fans? What are, what are we doing, Calgary? Everybody also, knows Red Deer is going to be a battleground and it's going to burn <laughs> to the ground in two weeks. Oh, isn't that the truth? Also, so I brought this up on Twitter last night because I was looking for tickets just to see if, you know, I could uh, go without food for a couple weeks and maybe go to Game 3. But the cheapest ticket I could find in Edmonton was 576 bucks, 
And at the time when I searched in Calgary, the cheapest ticket there was for 274 bucks. So I did the math and it's cheaper to drive down to fucking Calgary, get a hotel, go to the game and drive back considering gas is what, $5 a gallon now. But everyone has given me feedback that, uh, up in those press level seats, like you can't even see the game. So yeah, my friend was at, uh, I think in five or something. And she yeah. sent me a picture. She was in the press level seats. Yeah. And essentially, if you look like at the arena, you everything above the ice is like cut off, so you can see just the ice surface, and everything below you is cut off too. So it's the rafters above you, and then just the steepness of the railing in front of you that cuts off the fans below you. Oh my! So God. all you can see is the ice. Like, uh, it, it's it's almost as if like they they created the saddle dome out of a gimmick, and it's the most like impractical building in the NHL. It's not great. Rogers blows them out of the water. There's a, there's a reason why Calgary needs a new arena, right? Yeah. I wish they'd stop trying to make the city pay for it, but poor Calgary, they just don't get any of the fun things that Edmonton gets. We get a brand new arena, they don't get it. You know, we've got Connor McDavid, they don't get it. We get Garth, he's not going there. So, I mean, they lose every single time. Let's just hope this is one more. Just a uh, just an update. The cheapest tickets on Ticketmaster right now for Edmonton is six dollars or six hundred and sixteen dollars. Holy and shit! And the cheapest ones in Calgary are two hundred and forty-four. Oh my god! But those are press level, so those shitty seats. What's the cheapest non-press level ones here? Uh, three hundred and five. Oh my goodness! So about half the price. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know if I'd want to drive all the way to Calgary just to. No, it's not worth it. Yeah. I don't want to go near those city limits. If I have to go down there, I'm driving around the city. Um, so we're going to jump into our first ever mailbag segment of the podcast. Uh, thank you to those of you who sent in some uh, some comments, some questions. Uh, as always, as Sean mentioned, our DMs are open. You can send us an email. You can comment on... A, on um, one of our YouTube videos, whichever, we'll make sure that uh, your message gets across and your thoughts get across on uh, on the podcast. So, uh, first one in comes from the Mad Hatter. Uh, he's got a couple different thoughts, so we'll we'll go through them. Um, these are these are interesting takes. Uh, so his first comment is: both goalies will steal a game. Both teams will give up a stinker. Now, I, I don't know if he means a stinker goal or just have a stinker game, but I could see. Both I think it's a happening. stinker game. I think yeah. he's saying that essentially both goalies are going to steal a game and then Edmonton might lose a game 5-1, but Calgary's going to lose a game 7-3. Yeah, yeah. Um, his second point, ultimately, if Calgary wants to run and gun, they're playing into Edmonton's hands. Now, that's something that I I completely see. Like, Calgary's a grind-you-down type team, and I think if Edmonton's allowed to run a track meet on Calgary, it's going to be a very short series. Yeah, if that neutral zone's open, Edmonton's going to use their speed and take control. Like, the only person, I guess two people that I'm afraid of in that side for Calgary would be Goudreau and Mangiapane. But outside of that, I don't think they have the speed to keep up with Edmonton in the in the uh, neutral zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, his next point, I, I don't know, this is interesting. Edmonton's physicality versus LA was on full display versus a team more physical than them. Against Calgary, the physical advantage goes to Edmonton. Hot take. <laughs> I think that's incredibly a hot take. One thing I really don't agree with that yeah. is that L.A. is a physical team. L.A. is not the L.A. of 2012. They're not bruisers anymore. Like Their best player for doing that is Dustin Brown, and he just retired. Yeah. So they're just not that young, young gun like 
gonna beat the shit out of you team that they used to be did, so they quick, did i think edmonton did dominate them physically yeah mind you but they aren't considered a physical team yeah quick side note did you see how fast dustin brown got off the ice like oh, he was out of there he's probably crying i assume I, yeah i mean last game in the nhl hey just mad respect for him I, yeah like as much as i hate the way brown played sometimes against edmonton he's like the the perfect player that you want on your team play anywhere in the lineup you can put up he was, I think he was almost point per game one year mm. and like can run you out of the building any way he wants. I, I think LA was more physical than the Oilers uh, for most of the, the series. I think Edmonton just completely dominated them in the last two games. Uh, so I, I can see kind of that first point. There's um, a little bit of recency bias on there. Yeah. Plus yeah. like the last game was at home. And I think I mentioned it in the last podcast too, is like every time Edmonton threw a hit, the fans cheer. Every time LA throws a hit, there's nothing. Yeah. So Edmonton's hits felt like they were going that much harder. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the Calgary thing, I think, I think they might be the bigger team, but I, who knows? Uh, who knows? Um, just his last comment: If Calgary wants uh, to run around and play cheap, they can have fun scooping the puck out of the net after a power play goal. I, I mean, that goes right back to what I was saying. Keys to the series. I think that's. That's what Edmonton needs to capitalize on. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to say that it's going to come down to special teams because in playoffs, that's not something you want to rely on. Look right. at those last two games for Edmonton, where there was uh, one power play in one game for them, one power play in the next game for them, and that was it. So we can't rely on that. We need to play well at even strength, especially against Calgary. And I, I but, heard, yeah, I did hear that the uh, officiating uh, supervisor is Don Van Massenhoven. So uh, I think you're going to get a. Uh, a consistent call, whatever that may be, across the entire series. So, so whether they choose to call everything or yeah, call nothing? Yeah. I, I would be shocked if it's... Just knowing Edmonton and Calgary, I, I'm betting it's a lot of, like, the the bullshit, you know, after the whistles and um, stuff like that. And, and back to what you said a couple of shows ago, just the the frequency of seeing coincidentals. Yeah, they, well, every scrum they throw somebody out because they're trying to control the game. So I'm wondering if that's going to be the same this time around or if they're going to really let them like be chippy after the whistle. Yeah. Especially, I wonder if they're just like, hey guys, Battle of, the, Battle of Alberta, just <laughs> let them fucking go. It'll be great. <laughs> Gary's sitting there eating his popcorn being like, oh yes, they love it, love it, love it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he just closes out with his uh, prediction. He says Edmonton and six, so we love to hear it. Thanks uh, for sending in your question. Well, comments really. Um and uh, yeah, we'll jump into our our next message. It comes in from Brad. Uh, he actually he gives us a little bit of good graces. So he said, uh, "Thanks for the follow and great work on the pod." Uh, for me, the most important thing will be gamesmanship. If the Oilers can stir the pot and draw the Flames into taking dumb penalties, we win in five or six. Stay out of the box and let them take the dumb after the whistle penalties. I think, yeah, there's the first person that comes to mind is Kachuk. Well, that's the thing. You can't let him get in, in your head. Because he's going to do something shitty first. If you retaliate, you're going to the box. Like, everybody fucking hates when it happens, but that's how it works. Mm -hmm. So they need to be careful, and I'm concerned that they're not going to be able to. Because Kane, Cassian, they're very hot-headed. I could see them easily doing something stupid. As long as it's not in a bad situation or a bad time, then it's okay. But, I, like I said before, I guarantee it's going to happen once. At least. And... Calgary's not dumb. Um, 
all it's going to take to make this series turn into madness is the first shot at Leon Dreisaitl's ankle. Oh, yeah. Any shots at Dreisaitl's ankle and any shots in general at McDavid yeah. are going to stir the pot. Yeah. That's when you go to a Cassian and you, you tell him to go run over Goudreau. Like, oh, for sure. It's tit for tat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, who was that uh, comment from, by the way? Uh, that was from Brad. From Brad? Uh, okay, perfect. Um, and then we have another question here. So an actual question, which is fun. <laughs> um, this is from uh, at Sam Persky. He says, what do you think the chances are that we see the gloves drop this series? And if the chances are good, what's the over under 1.5 fights? What? So do you think under. there will be fights first? Uh, I don't think there'll be as many as you think. Um... So you think there will be fights though, correct? There'll be at least one fight. Okay. Over yes. under 1.5 fights for the series. For the series? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna say one fight. You think there'll be one fight the yeah. whole series? Yeah. Oh, so you're taking the under. See, with I'm me, taking the under. I'm going to say over. Okay. I think there'll be more than that in a game. Yeah. Now, there, there might be frequent games where there's no fights. There yeah. might be three or four of them. But I think in one game, there's going to be like four fights at one point. I'm sure throughout the game. But we're not talking like a scrum after the whistle. We're talking no, like we're talking full on five minute majors yeah. okay. and everything like that. Okay. So, but I wanted to make a comment on this that I think Edmonton should do their absolute best to stay out of the fighting game. Yes. And the reasoning for that is Edmonton's best players are their fighters. Outside of Cassian, there's Kane, there's Nurse. Oh, like, I see those are mean. the guys who are going to be fighting. And you're going to be fighting Lucic, Zadorov, Gabranson. So who would you rather have on the ice out of all those guys? I yeah. think you would take Nurse and Kane 10 times out of 10 out of all of them. Mm-hmm. So And like this is where I wanted to bring up my Yamamoto versus Goudreau fight. Because I'd love to see that. I think it would be hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I think Edmonton should stay out. But the over, I would take that over 9-9. Nine out of a thousand times. I don't know how many more decimals I. Can yeah, make. I was like, "Did you get it?" As soon as I said nine twi- twice, I was like, "Where am I going?" <laughs> I, uh, I think there's gonna be one fight, but I think it's gonna be it's gonna be Cassian and Kachuk. You think that's gonna happen? I think that's gonna happen. I think Kachuk will, or sorry, Cassian is going to fight somebody not Kachuk. I think he'll want to fight Kachuk, uh, but I don't think because Calgary should have the same mindset with Kachuk is be like, "Don't you fucking fight." You're one of our best players. Don't fight. We don't need you in the box. I would like to see Kachuk and Kane because that feels like a pretty even uh, exchange of players. Whether or not Kachuk could even like roll with Kane at all mm. in a fight is a whole other story. But I would that would be the only trade that I'd be willing to make. I'm just too worried that Kane's gonna take a stupid like reactionary retaliation penalty, try and go after someone who's not gonna fight. That's what I'm worried about with him. Yeah, my my hope is that he stays calm. Yeah. But, I don't know. As long as he's the one stirring the pot and not having his pot stirred. <laughs> Very true. Very true. But, uh, yeah, thanks to everybody for sending in your questions, your comments. Uh, the more, the merrier. Uh, it's, it's nice to get some, uh, some different thoughts and see how everybody's feeling. Um, special shout-out to Brad, whose his actual handle is at oilfan in Cowtown. So I can't imagine the hell you're going through right Good now. Good luck to you out there, Brad. It's going to be a dangerous place to go for the next two weeks. I literally sent him a message. I was like, please stay safe. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll wrap up here just uh, with our predictions. We'll go around the league first. Um, 
just throw out what uh, what we see. Uh, we'll head to the East first. Uh, I think they're starting tonight. Is it Carolina and New York tonight? Yes, and yeah. Colorado plays later. Ah, right, right. Thoughts on the series? I am going to say, who's Carolina's goalie right now? That's my question. Ah, uh, shit. Is Anderson still hurt? Is Ranta still hurt? Rant, no, Ranta played the last game there. Okay. Yeah. So, if Ranta's healthy, I'm going to say Carolina in six. Mm. Yeah, I, I didn't love the Rangers. Well, I don't know if I didn't love the Rangers' performance in the first series, but uh, I think just Pittsburgh probably did a better job than I thought they were going to do. Um, so I, I'm going to say Carolina actually in five. In five, uh, okay. Yeah, I'd almost be willing to give that a sweep if it wasn't for Shesterkin. Yeah, He's going to steal at least a game. Yeah. By the yeah. way, that series starts tomorrow. Tampa, oh, Florida are playing right now. Okay, let's jump into that series. That is going to be probably my favorite outside these. I can't, I can't not say seven games there. Because I cannot see either team winning unless, like, Florida, for example, yeah. still has Tampa in their head from last year, and they just completely implode. So who are you taking in Game 7, then? I will take Florida. Yeah. Because I don't want to see the three-peat. I'm, I'm Unlike take, other people, I don't want it. I'm taking Florida on four. What? I think they're going to sweep. Kucherov's hurt. Braden Point's hurt. Braden Point's hurt, yeah, that's true. They're they're worn down. I think... They're up one nothing as we speak. Tampa is? No, Florida. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that would be just serendipitous. Sure as shit, I'm editing this at 8.30 at night, and Tampa Bay has scored four fucking unanswered goals to beat the Panthers 4-1. to one. Stay fucking hot, Greg. Uh, Colorado-St. Louis. Do you have an upset here? Or... I do not. Yeah. Like, somewhere in me, because I have too many friends who are Colorado fans, I want Colorado to win. Yeah. And I'd love to see them go to the next round and Edmonton smack them so I can put all my friends in their place. Yeah. How many games? I'm going to say six because it's going to be hard to deal with St. Louis's depth. Yeah. I I actually have the Blues going in seven. You have the Blues in seven. Okay. Okay. I think. I, I think... wish I had like an air horn beside me right I know, now. Because that's the hottest take I've heard yet. I think the Blues are getting hot at the right time. I take I would take the Florida sweep over Tampa before I would take really? the St. Louis in seven. Yeah, uh, I I know I know Colorado. Uh, I have a lot of people in my life too. I, it must be a thing here. If you're it's, not an Oiler or a Flames fan, you're an Avalanche. It's because fan. of the age that we are when yeah. like we were growing up. Colorado was like a god tier team. Yeah, that's fair. Watch Forsberg and Sackick run around. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I got the Blues in seven, and then our our takes for this one, Sean. I'm going to say Edmonton in six. In six? I want to see them win at home, for one. So yeah. I always have to go for the win at home. Um, and I think they can steal games on the road. They showed that they can steal road games in that L.A. series. They won two games in L.A. So I think with that, if they can really clean up their game at home, then they could take this in six for sure. Yeah, I I would love to say the Oilers in four, but... Uh, that might be a little too yeah, biased. A little, a little too biased. I'm going to say seven. Um, Calgary scares me the most out of outside of Colorado, to be honest with you. Um, it might just be because they're two hours south of us. Uh, but 
I would love nothing more than the Oilers to stomp down to Calgary in their barn and shut up all of those Flames fans in Game 7. Just leave them devastated. Um, I hope it's a 7 nothing win in Game 7. Uh, but who knows what's actually going to happen. It's... This, this series is probably the biggest toss-up, I would say, out of any of the series. Nobody knows what to expect. Everybody I've heard, like... One of the hot or the worst takes I saw so far was I'm pretty sure I saw Gretzky call Calgary to win, and yes. I was like, I felt hurt on a level I didn't know I could. From <laughs> no. reading that. it's like, bro, what are you doing? Uh, I think he was trying too hard to not be biased, so he went the other direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get. I guess we'll we'll wait and see. It starts tomorrow night. Uh, just one thing before we do sign off. Uh, all kidding aside, like. We love to poke at Flames fans, and we love to uh, um, diss them. And, you know, it's one thing to chirp someone, but the amount of death threats that I'm seeing on social media from people either getting them or, like, people sending stupid shit. Like, cut that shit out. Oh, people are so dumb. So, yeah, none of that. Yes. No physical confrontation of any kind. Yeah. Like, it's hockey. At the end of the day, it's just a game. Yeah. We all love to cheer and beak and, like, love the game. Mm-hmm. But look at Calgary fans. Yes, you guys can debate and argue about whose team is better all day and smash heads. But they love hockey, too. And that's what we're here for. And that's we're here for good hockey. Yes, yes. Now, I understand that there will be no shortage of alcohol consumption during this series. So just just had to put it out there before, uh, before the game start tomorrow night. Um, anything else, Sean? Um, I think that's really all all we got, but like we said before, follow us on everything for more content whenever you get the chance. Awesome. Let's go, Oilers. Take a deep breath. Starts tomorrow. Let's go. Woo!